You guys know those people who are very opinionated and always need to give their two cents about everything and anything? Well, you should have them listen to this podcast. And if it's you, you should definitely stay listening. All right, why don't we get started? Podcast has everything to do with those kinds of people. Um, and the reason why I'm dedicating an entire episode on this is because it's something, believe it or not, it's something that people really struggle with, you know, um, and it becomes a bad vice, it becomes very habitual, and sometimes people start doing it, you know, always being opinionated without even realizing. Um, but before I get started, don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a comment, and subscribe. And if you haven't already, do it now, like literally right now. As you're listening to this, you could swipe down and do it. Okay, so I'm going to be basing this episode from, of course, the Chaldean liturgy. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is to show the fruits and to show how the Chaldean liturgy is a true jewel in Catholicism. So, so the second Sunday of the crowning of the church, so this is coming towards the end of the liturgical cycle for the Chaldean church. Um, the Basilica hymn says this, it says, To your church, O Savior, who has followed you perfectly by love and faith, which comes from baptism. You first showed the persons of glorious divinity, and through her, the perfect teaching of the mystery of the Trinity was revealed to the spiritual assemblies. By your grace, O Lord, may the creed that has been delivered to her by you and your gospel be preserved without stain. The main topic of my episode for today is going to be about this last line from the Basilica hymn. May the creed that has been delivered to her by you in your, in your gospel be preserved without stain. So what's a creed first? So creed comes from credo, to believe, right? And this thing that we believe in that's been transmitted to us both orally and uh, through writing for all of these centuries, the Chaldean church is calling us to have it preserved, without stain. And that's one of the reasons why I mentioned in the beginning with people who are very opinionated and feel like they have to have an opinion about everything. So it's one thing to have an opinion about something. And it's another thing to impose your mentality, your doctrine on what's been passed down for centuries through the church like, for example, the creed, what we believe in. This isn't some sort of subjective approach or relativistic approach where we can think that we can all have our different creed or something even more damaging, thinking that we could sort of misconstrue what the church has passed down for centuries and centuries through all of these ecumenical councils that the church has had, all of these encyclicals from different popes, all of these different writings, canonical uh, books, so on and so forth. I mean, this is something that's really exhaustive within the church. 
For example, when the church teaches that abortion is an intrinsic evil, that's not something that could be played around with. You can't bend that. And if you think that you can insert your own motive and ideology to something that's been indoctrinated within the church, then there's something, there's something going on. And I want to get to that thing that's going on. So what I've noticed, I've noticed a pattern when people like to insert their own uh, reading. So in the, theolo- the theological world, we call people who insert their own interpretation within Scripture isogesis, which means they're putting themselves into what's, what's happening in the gospel rather, rather than exegesis, extracting what the purpose of that section in the, in the gospel or anywhere else in the Bible is saying, who the author is, what tradition has said about this certain chapter of a book in the Bible, this certain verse, what this certain word means, what the word means in its original language, whether it's a Hebrew, whether it's a Greek, so on and so forth. So that's something that people need to be aware of when obviously interpreting Scripture. But then it comes to something that's not um, Scripture, right? And I think that's one of the things uh, people could sort of have a misunderstanding. So just because something is not the Bible, it doesn't mean that we can insert our own interpretation with what that is. Because certain church teachings and doctrines, those are also infallible. Doctrines of the church are infallible because they have the stamp of the magisterium. And what the magisterium is, is the coming together, the communion of all the bishops and the Holy Pontiff, the Pope, coming together to decide what is doctrine of the church. And certain doctrines get defined based on what the church sees that needs some clarity. For example, the doctrine of the Assumption, where Mary assumed into heaven both body and soul, that was made doctrine because there were some people in opposition toward what happened to Mary, and whether she did actually assume into heaven both body and soul. And the church saw a prudent need to make this doctrine, and they did. And something else that I want to mention to sort of um, end this episode is that when we think that we can insert our opinion toward what the church teaches. I mean, it's good to question things, why things are the way they are, and search for the answers according to the truth. That's a good thing to do because that means there's a development in understanding and what that uh, certain doctrine is and why the Catholic Church teaches this certain thing. But we need to be careful of treating the way we... um, search for these answers as if we're imposing our own opinion in what the church teaches. That's the wrong way to go about it. And I think one of the reasons why people really fall into this is because, to be honest, I think there's some sort of void in that person. Or it can be some sort of excuse to not follow a certain 
thing that the church teaches. And going back to my first point, the reason why I think it's a void is because it's an aspect of insecurity where when we think we can, um, or when we think we know better than what the church fathers have passed down for centuries and centuries since the early church, since the establishment of the church, when we think that, then I think we're getting way too ahead of ourselves. And the second point that I made is to understand that, okay, if you know if you're using um, your opposition to a certain teaching because you're lazy and you don't want to do it, it, at least be honest with yourself, you know, and not try to impose that in a public setting or what have you, you know. Um, and I would encourage anyone that is going through something like that to um, ask questions, get to the bottom line of what the answers are, and to sort of snap out of this um, way of going about life thinking that we can um, get away with something uh, because we're in opposition of it. God is omnipresent, and He knows our hearts, He knows our minds, He knows what we're thinking, and He knows our attitude in front of things. And that's one of the reasons why uh, presumption is so bad. You know, it's because who are we fooling? An omniscient, omnipotent God. I mean, He created us, you know, so... Um, that's my take on the Basilica hymn for this week. But without further ado, why don't we get to the lion's den? A lot of tragic news this past week where a prominent rapper by the name of Travis Scott had a concert a few days ago and... There was chaos, I guess chaos broke out, and many people died because they were trampled over. Um, there was no order, and the people died because, like I said, they were being trampled over. And interestingly enough, I saw on, on Twitter that the concert kept on going on. It wasn't stopped. Even when the rappers saw the sirens, the medics come in, people pleading for help. I saw a few videos there. And one person among those who died toward this really, I mean, bizarre behavior was an eight-year-old kid. And my take on, on what happened is this, is that have we absolutely lost our minds where we turn this rapper, whom we listen to for whatever reason, into God, where we completely dismiss humanity and decency and try to be the first one to get in this concert and be the cause of people being trampled over. Is that what we've become? I think this is one of the reasons why rap music in general is so toxic is because it doesn't add a molecule of intellectual formation to a person. It appeals to the emotions. It serves no purpose. 
and it's not something that's virtuous. And then there are eight-year-old kids going to this concert, and they had to be the victim of being trampled over because they're so small and couldn't get up from the floor when they fell. This is a really, really devastating incident, and I think it's eye-opening for parents, for adolescents, and for young adults. And the reason why I say that is because we need to wake up and understand what we're indulging ourselves in and what we're allowing our kids to indulge themselves in. Because being in this type of environment, it's toxic. It's not good, and it lacks reverence and common human decency. I'll be praying for all the victims who died, but I'll also be praying for the people that continue to entertain this type of lifestyle. It's not good. It's a really ugly thing to be a part of. And if you want another option of music, maybe try listening to classical music. If you're working out, exercising, and you need something more upbeat, I have no objection to that. There are many other things someone could listen to, but it shouldn't be something like this. Rap music is toxic, the environment is toxic, and it's sinful, and it doesn't increase an iota, like I said, of intellectual formation, spiritual formation, human formation. If anything, it completely absolves all of that. So that is my episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a comment, and let me know if you have any questions. But until then, as always, see you next time.